Chapter 9 of Grace Harlowe's Sophomore Year at High School. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christine Blashford. Grace Harlowe's Sophomore Year at High School by Jesse Graham Flower. Chapter 9 An Unsuccessful Interview. There were two subjects of interest and a discussion in the sophomore class. One was the coming ball, the other the story of the lost signals, which had gone the round of the class. The general opinion seemed to be that Anne had betrayed the team, and with the unthinking cruelty of youth, the girls had resolved to teach her a lesson. Miriam's accusation had been repeated from one girl to another, with unconscious additions, until Anne loomed up in the light of a traitor, and was treated accordingly. Grace had told Anne the next day the details of the meeting, and in some measure prepared her for what would undoubtedly follow. Anne had laughed a little at the account of Miriam's remarks regarding her father and the girl's evident disapproval of the theatrical profession. "'How silly they are,' she said to Grace, who felt secretly relieved to know that Anne was not mortally hurt over Miriam's attack. "'They don't know anything about professional people. Of course there are plenty of worthless actors, but some of them are really very fine men and women. Miriam may abuse my family all she chooses, but I do feel unhappy to think that those girls believe me dishonourable and underhanded.' "'They wouldn't, if they had any sense,' responded Grace hotly. "'I never believed that those girls could be so snobbish. "'I always thought them above such petty meanness. "'Don't pay any attention to them, Anne. "'They aren't worth it. "'I'm going to interview Julia Crosby "'and make her acknowledge that she wasn't referring to you the other day. "'There is something queer about it all. "'I believe that there is some kind of secret understanding "'between Miriam and Julia, "'that this is a deliberate plot on their part "'to injure you and humiliate me, "'and I shall find out the truth before I am through.' "'But what has Julia Crosby against me?' queried Anne. "'I hardly know her.' "'She hasn't forgotten the way David defended you at Mrs. Gray's Christmas ball last year,' answered Grace. "'Besides, you're a sophomore. Isn't that a good enough reason?' "'I suppose it is,' said Anne wearily. Grace kept her word and hailed Julia Crosby on the following afternoon as she was leaving the high school. It seemed a favourable opportunity, for Julia was alone. "'Miss Crosby,' said Grace coldly, "'I should like to speak to you about a very important matter.' "'There's nothing to hinder you, Miss Harlowe,' replied Julia brusquely. "'I'm here. Are you sure that it really is important?' She stopped and eyed Grace insolently. "'I am very sure that it is important, Miss Crosby,' said Grace. "'Not long ago a certain sophomore overheard you telling a member of your class that we sophomores could thank a girl in our class for our basketball defeat. A certain girl had already been unjustly accused of betraying our signals. When your remark was repeated to the team, they immediately decided that you meant her. Since then, her classmates have taken the matter up and are determined to cut her acquaintance.' "'Well, what has all this childish prattle to do with me?' demanded Julia rudely. "'It has this to do with you, that you can set the matter right by saying it was not Anne. "'You know perfectly well she had nothing to do with it. "'I don't know how you got those signals, but I do know that Anne never gave them to you.' "'Did I say that she did?' asked Julia. "'No,' said Grace. "'Neither did you say that she didn't.' "'Very true,' replied Julia in a disagreeable tone. "'And I don't intend to say so either. "'She may or she may not have given them to me. "'I'll never tell. "'She's a snippy, conceited little prig, "'and a little punishment for her sins will do her good.' "'You are a cruel, heartless girl,' cried Grace angrily. "'Knowing Anne to be innocent, you refuse to clear her name of the suspicion resting upon it. "'Let me tell you one thing. I know who tripped me the day of the game, and so does Anne. "'If you don't clear Anne instantly, I shall go straight to Miss Thompson with it.' Grace's threat went home. Julia stood in actual dread of the principal. It looked as though the tables had been turned at last. If Grace went to Miss Thompson, what a commotion there would be. In a moment, however, Julia recovered herself.' What was it Miss Thompson had said about rough play? Ah, Julia remembered now, and with the recollection of the principal's words came the means of worsting Grace Harlowe in her efforts to vindicate Anne. 
"'You may go to Miss Thompson if you think it wise,' she said with a malicious smile. "'But I wouldn't advise it. That is, unless you have gotten over caring for basketball.' "'What do you mean?' asked Grace. Then, like a flash, she understood. If she should tell Miss Thompson the truth, the principal would believe her. Julia would receive her just desserts, but, oh, bitter thought, there would be no more basketball that season.' Grace felt that she had no right to sacrifice the pleasure of so many others, even for Anne's sake. It would only increase the feeling against both Anne and herself, and after all, Julia might still hold out in her insinuations against Anne. "'How can you be so contemptible?' she said to her smiling enemy. "'You never win anything honestly. I see it is useless for me to appeal to you for something which you cannot give, and that is fair play.' With a slight bow, Grace walked quickly away, leaving Julia a little astonished at her sudden departure and not at all pleased at Grace's frankly expressed opinion. Grace lost no time in relating to Anne her fruitless interview with the junior captain. "'I am so humiliated to think I failed. I expected that threatening to tell Miss Thompson would bring her to her senses, but she is too cunning for me,' sighed Grace. The two girls were walking home from school. "'Shall you tell Nora and Jessica?' asked Anne. "'No,' said Grace, "'let us keep the sprained ankle part of the story a secret. "'They are loyal to you at any rate, and Nora would be so angry. "'I am afraid I couldn't keep her from going straight to Miss Thompson "'and making a general mess of things. "'I am so sorry, Anne, dear, but I guess we shall have to weather the gale together. "'It will die out after a while, just as all those things do. "'Hush, don't say anything now. Here come Nora and Jessica.' "'What do you think?' cried Nora. "'Edna Wright is giving a party next Saturday, and she isn't going to invite either you or Anne.' "'How shocking,' said Grace. "'We shall both die of grief at having been slighted.' She spoke lightly, and no one but Anne guessed how much the news hurt her. "'We are not going,' declared Nora, "'and we told her so.' "'What did she say?' asked Grace. "'We didn't give her time to answer,' said Nora, "'but rushed off to find you. "'The whole thing is perfectly ridiculous. "'The idea of a lot of silly little schoolgirls "'thinking they own the earth. "'It's all Miriam's fault. "'She has tried to be leader of her class "'ever since it was organised, "'but mark what I say, she'll never accomplish it.' Pride will get a fall one of these days, and I hope I'll be around when it happens. Never mind, Nora, said Grace soothingly. Anne and I don't care. We'll give a party at the same time, to our own crowd. I'll tell you what we'll do. We will have a surprise party for Mrs. Gray. I'll write to Tom Gray and ask him to come down for next Saturday. That will be a double surprise to dear Mrs. Gray. Fine, cried Jessica. We'll have Hippy and Reddy and David. Then our circle will be complete. The other crowd will be furious. Those boys are all popular, and I know that Edna intends to invite them. Let's tell them at once, then, said Nora, before the other girls get a chance. The boys were promptly invited. Grace sent a note to Tom Gray, who found it possible to get away for the weekend. Reddy, Hippy, and David received invitations to the other party, but politely declined. Miriam endeavoured to point out to her brother the folly of his conduct, but David simply stared at her and said nothing. He knew to what lengths her jealousy had carried her during the freshman year, and although Nora had entirely omitted his sister's name from the conversation when telling him of the recent trouble that had arisen, still David felt that Miriam was at the bottom of it. Failing to elicit any response from her brother, she flew into a rage and did not speak to him for a week, while David went serenely on his way and let her get over it as best she might. The surprise party proved a success. Mrs. Gray's delight at seeing her Christmas children and having her beloved nephew with her was worth seeing. The young people did all the stunts they knew for her entertainment, and the boys repeated their Shakespearean performance for the old lady, who laughed until she could laugh no more. It was their turn to be surprised, however, when the old butler suddenly appeared and announced that supper was served. Mrs. Gray had held a word of conversation with him directly after their arrival, which resulted in an array of good things calculated to tempt the appetite of any healthy boy or girl. 
After supper, they had an old-fashioned sing with Jessica at the piano, ending with Home Sweet Home and the inevitable Good Night Ladies. I'm sure we had a better time than the other crowd, said Nora, as they all walked down the street. Of course, said Grace, but a little feeling of sadness swept over her, as she realised for the first time in her short life she had been slighted by any of her school friends. End of chapter 9